Welcome to the Hyper Fast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyper fast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyper fast. Hey guys, it's Carrie. I'm here with my friend Alex and I'm so excited to talk about ISAs. So recently, you asked me a couple questions about hiring an ISA. Our friend Lana's here and she just hired an ISA. So tell me, what are your questions about hiring? And then I know you found one and what is next for you also? Sure. So uh, I wasn't actually looking for an ISA, but one just happened to land in my lap and I thought it was a great addition to the team. So it was something I had always considered, and I looked at your model and a few of my other friends that are very successful in the real estate business and their model. Uh, So I was asking you a question about how to compensate an ISA properly to make sure that you're not disincentivizing the outcomes. Sure. And uh, so that was really important to me. And so initially, uh, I followed your compensation model and a couple other people that had responded to me as well. And what I'm looking for is really to set appointments for some of my team agents. Couple of the elements that were important to me were one, that the ISA is actually able to set a certain minimum number of appointments on a weekly basis, which I set the standard initially at one appointment per day. Okay. And is the ISA calling cold leads or are they calling team leads that are coming in? Or who are they calling? So initially, she has experience calling expireds and FISBOs. Okay. So since she's comfortable there, I talked to her about doing a couple hours a day of that on the listing side. But since we have quite a bit of, quite a number of leads in the system, I also asked that she follow up with some of the older leads in the system, as well as peeling back some of the leads from some of my agents because they are overwhelmed with the leads. And, are not and they're not up following themselves. up. Exactly. Which is exactly why you need an ISA, even if you don't think you do. Yes. The other great part is that since some of my agents weren't following up with their leads at the level that they should be, a penalty of not giving new leads was not actually a penalty. It was actually a relief for them. So I found that uh, by telling people, hey, I'm going to pause your lead flow because you're not following up on your leads wasn't actually creating them. They said, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. wasn't (laughs) putting them in a situation where they were saying, okay, great. Now I'm going to follow up. It actually magnified the problem. So now that I have an ISA, the penalty is that they will not get the appointments if they're not following up on their leads. It's a kind of a help those who help themselves. Yeah. So you're rewarding the most motivated and who's deciding who gets the appointments. So we're doing it initially as a round robin, and we're just going as, as an alphabetical. However, I'm very quick to pause people on that round robin if they are not doing the work that they're supposed to be doing. Are you open to a suggestion? Absolutely. So the round robin, the, pr- the problem I see with the round robin is if it's a $2 million lead, and in the round robin it's not the right person, you end up rewarding 
the wrong people with the wrong appointments. If I could suggest that you consider putting your ISA in charge of that and teaching your ISA about the personalities. How many OSAs do you have? I have seven. Okay, so seven is perfect because there's going to be two that have not followed up with people and are cut off almost at all times. The mm -hmm. two that they are will rotate, and sometimes it'll be four, and your ISA will be frustrated that there won't be people who have availability during the time that they want to book. That's when you know you need to hire. Okay? But if you do the round robin, there's a couple of issues. You want to base it on the availability of the client. Do you have your ISA booking it on the calendar of the agent? Yes. Okay, excellent. So all of your agents, this is important for those of you watching and Lana for you as well, you want to make sure that the calendars of your agents are updated and there's a penalty if they're not. So they get taken out of our appointment rotation for a week. If the ISA books it. That's great. And then they're not available. Why? Because that causes a loss of conversion to the team. And so what happens, I find, is they're really good about putting in when they have something they need to do with their kids, when they, but when they need to go on a showing appointment or when they stop putting it in for some reason. So most of the time when there's a conflict, it's when they're working, but they're still in control of their schedule, and that's not an excuse, right? So... Then if you do it that way, what the, what the ISA is looking for quickly at the snapshot of the calendar is who's available, mm -hmm. and then the personality and the price point of the client, and the person, they're not going to give a $2 million lead to someone who hasn't proven that they're a successful closer. And what you're doing is putting the destiny of the ISA in their command, meaning if somebody just broke up with their boyfriend and they're having a bad week and it's their turn on the round robin, the ISA doesn't have control over their money. But if the ISA has control, then they can say, we're going to skip this person and maybe we'll give them a, a lower price point lead this mm -hmm. time. And they just, they'll stay with you longer and feel better about their decisions, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm giving them some level of control and enabling them to make decisions that they feel better about. And they can cut off if they look in the notes. Because for me... I mean, I have 40 agents. I don't have time to go see, oh, did agent A update their notes? Did agent B update their notes? But the ISA is checking because their money is tied to what were the outcomes of these meetings. So on my team, an ISA can unilaterally cut off any OSA from all ISA appointments. Excellent. I like that. So all of a sudden, you're taking the power a lot. What I found, at least on my team, was that the ISAs were treated like assistants. They were mm -hmm. treated like they weren't as valuable mm. as the OSA. But the reality is they are the reason that all of the appointments are coming in and they are equally as valuable, if not more valuable, than anyone else sure. on the team because they're the first impression. So one day I had this realization and I'm like, nope, no more. And I just flipped the power dynamic and said the ISAs are in control. And all of a sudden, the OSA started behaving better. They started updating their notes. They started giving a shit. And we started tracking their conversion percentage. So even on my listing team, you can see the conversion percentage and the ISA is making their choice of who to give the appointment to with their eyes wide open. Excellent. I will definitely take that advice. Okay, cool. Are you a real estate agent looking to grow your business in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area? 
The Kerry Shell and Orange Line Living Team is looking for talented, motivated people who want to be a part of a collaborative and competitive team poised to become number one in the world by 2021. Our new agents have success at a rate that is nearly nine times the industry average, and our experienced agents average over $252,000 a year. Our industry-leading lead generation, training, and support systems put our agents in the best possible position for success. If you want to work hard, serve more clients, have fun, and make more money, then call us today at 703-661-9756 or go to kerryshawcareers.com. Um, one other thing, you talked about different commission models. So you pulled, I know you, you, you talked to a lot of top teams around the country. Mm -hmm. What were some of the models you were considering for the compensation plan? So there were a couple that I didn't consider that were okay. straight percentage. So no base salary. So no base salary and just percentage. There were some that were base salary plus a percentage of commission. Sometimes it was a very low base and a larger percentage of the commission. And then the one that I was really, so those weren't considerations. The one that I was considering until I spoke to you as well as one other person was a base pay, a percentage of the commission, and a appointment fee. And the reason I went away from the appointment fees is exactly what you explained, which was they will make a lot of appointments that ultimately won't be valid appointments. There's an easy way to create those appointments, even outside of legitimate leads, where they could effectively game the system. Yep. Absolutely. I, I am so glad you brought this up because I think it's a mistake that a lot of people make. And even when I talk to top agents, they're like, well, I want to give them some instant gratification or instant reward. And then when they study their no-show rate, their no-show rate is, is crazy. And so then some people say, oh, well, you should just pay them on a showed appointment. But the problem is that's still not the result you want. So if a person shows up, but what they're looking for, they can't qualify for, or, you know, there's some other issue, why wouldn't you just reward the result that you're looking for, which you made that point earlier? I think you want to be sure that all things align so that everybody wins. And an appointment fee is a disalignment in many ways because you're incentivizing something that could waste a lot of time for the OSAs. So that's just an important consideration. On our team, right now, our no-show rate is about 24%, okay? So a lot of the industry standard, by the way, is 19%. A lot of people don't realize that. For an ISA booked appointment, the industry average for no-show is 19%. So what's important to know about that is with your OSAs, you have to set the expectation that that's the industry average, so they're expecting it. One in five people are not going to show. Does not mean they're a bad lead. Think about going to the dentist. I love my dentist. He invests in a lot of real estate with us, and I still freaking get busy and don't show up. It doesn't mean I'm not committed to my teeth. You know what I mean? Sure. So I think sometimes also one of the mistakes is people with their ISA department write off leads that do one of two things. They no-show. Those are actually the hottest leads because they already committed to, to coming to meet with you because you have something they want. So those should be followed up with and grace should be given, even if it's a second or third time sometimes. Mm -hmm. But that takes finesse on the ISA's part of knowing how to handle that. The other reason that I believe the no-show rate goes up is when you have someone new, they're closing really hard. So imagine that they would keep closing, like our, some of our new people are at 28, 30, 
Those are actually the most talented ISAs because they can close. You just have to teach them how to finesse a commitment after the close. Got it. So if you're, if you're getting a really high no-show rate, we, we have an awesome course that goes over all the details of what we say, but I actually make the ISAs say the word promise. So I will say something like, Alex works by appointment only, and he's going to be meeting you at Starbucks. Can you promise me you're not going to leave him sitting there alone looking for you? Words matter. Words matter. If you say promise, they're like, but I promised. When their friend tries to distract them, they're like, I can't. I promised. It's a big distinction. And my male ISAs don't like to say the word promise. They didn't like to say the word promise, I should say. Once they started testing it, they're like, it up. It upped the conversion. It upped the amount of show appointments. Will they say pinky promise, though? No. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, any other questions you have when you're getting starting this adventure of having an ISA? No, but I will have more questions as we go along. Cool. I thought of one other nugget, and then we'll, we'll finish this ISA podcast up. How you track their daily reports and accountability matters. So we actually get a daily report. We have the ISA course I already referenced. It goes through exactly what the daily report looks like. And I really encourage you to check that out because what it will do is show you, we're, we're tracking everything. How many calls they made, dials. Mm -hmm. How many people they talked to live. How many money phone appointments came in. We track that because we wanna know the amount of opportunity. If someone got 18 calls on the money phone and they converted three, that's not that great of conversion rate. But if they were only calling expireds for sell by owners and withdrawns, and then they, they got an appointment from that and they got X amount of live dials, that's a totally different conversion ratio than an incoming lead. Sure. Right? So then we're just trying to understand the difference of the appointments. We also look at the showings that they book because a showing is a lot less valuable than an appointment. Mm -hmm. For us, an appointment is something where they sit down. And then we just started tracking the opportunities they bring back. So if someone's a canceled appointment or a no-show and then they bring them back, sometimes it's six months later. But that's a very, very valuable thing and it shows you they're digging deep into the database and doing the follow-up. So I would be looking at that not just, I mean, for me, I still personally look at it every day and I have seven ISAs. So that's how important it is. And then when you give them like applause for the activities that lead to results, mm -hmm. that really matters because there's going to be days where they call 500 dials and they talk to 54 people and they have zero appointments, but they're laying the framework to get 10 appointments, 12 appointments, 15 appointments, 20 appointments a week. So they just need that reinforcement from you that they're doing the right thing and it'll, it'll work. And then the other thing is you can look at that report and if there's something that you see that's peculiar, you can ask to listen to the recording. We record everything so then I can help figure out what to tweak to get them more successful quick. Does that make sense? So Absolutely. I may actually respond to them and say, hey, Veronica did a showing appointment instead of an actual sit-down appointment. Send me that recording so I can understand what happened. Mm -hmm. And I may find out they didn't close hard enough and they could have got past the objection on the showing and they just took the showing because they were scared. But I know our conversion suffers in that case, so I want to up the conversion there. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. 
Okay, cool. As you have questions, I'm here. And for right. you guys, awesome. if you have questions, comment below. If you got something out of this podcast, please like it. Please share it. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, and give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.